we're going to welcome uh, Pastor Jonathan to the platform. So you are welcome to come. It's uh, great to be here. Some faces I do recognize uh, from uh, Bible College and also Faith Camp Days. Um, uh, so it's good to see your faces. Um, and welcome to those who are watching online. Uh, I know that wherever you are, God wants to speak to you as well. Um, one of the things um, I want you to know is a little bit about me. Um, I have been going to church uh, even before I was born. Um, even in my mum's room, I was attending church uh, probably once or twice every Sunday, even before I was born. Um, so uh, I have been in church a long time. But one of the things that um, I... Uh, no, uh, is that my experience with the Lord and my journey with, the, with God um, started when I was four years of age, uh, just a couple of years ago. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, you do in, um, uh, when you've been in your church all of your life, you have moments on your journey where you rededicate your life to the Lord. And one of those times was when I was four, I did something in a very simple way. I knew that um, I needed Jesus into my life. Um, it wasn't that I was, um, had massive sins that I had to recount, you know, burglary, murder, or anything like that when I was four. But one of the things that I did have to do was I had to say sorry. Because I knew that, you know, one of the first words that I spoke was no. <laughs> um, that, that word of obedience, isn't it? No. Well, God wants us to continually say yes. Uh, but one of the things that, you know, I, I recognize that in my journey, um, that when I was seven, I know that I had to recommit my life to the Lord. I heard a, a message from somebody. I can't remember who it was. Um, but I just heard a message and I just knew this was the time, this was a moment where I had to give myself again to the Lord in a fresh new way. And again, when I was 12, 13, I, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I used to go to youth camps um, many, many years, uh, probably for about 10 years, I was going to youth camps every summer uh, for two, three weeks at a time. And in those times, I was encountering God, but I never had uh, the release of the Holy Spirit that had uh, enabled me to speak in tongues. And so at 11, 12 years of age, I, I received, I accepted what God had already given me, and I began to speak in other languages and my prayer language, and, uh, and uh, that was great. Um, and over my teenage years, I didn't really go too far away from the Lord. Um, which, again, I, I thank God for. Um, because I know that so many people who have been brought up in the church wander away from the truth. Now, that doesn't mean that I was perfect by... Nearly, no. <laughs> I wasn't perfect. And, you know, even when you have a, a Christian upbringing, there are moments in your time where you know that you've really drifted away from the Lord, even though I'd never, I think there's probably one week 
in my teenage years where I said, no, I wasn't going to go to church. That was all. But in my journey with the Lord, I know that there was a moment or moments when I wasn't walking as closely to the Lord that I knew that he wanted me to, to be walking. And so again, I had to come and say, God, I'm so sorry, because there was something better than what I was experiencing that time. And, you know, I think that, you know, even in people's lives where they've come to know the Lord at a later stage in life, I believe there's times where there is moments where we've had to rethink and say, okay, God, am I walking as closely with you now as I have in my previous months or previous years and so it's always a good thing to check i was listening to a, a conference online just two weeks ago it was um, from harrogate conference center and i i can't remember everything that was said at that conference it was a leaders event but there was one word or three words um, that really struck home and I just feel it's important for the Church of Jesus Christ and those who are watching online, it's important that you hear this too. Because um, what was said was that, is the church going to be a monument or a movement? A monument or movement? You see, if, for me, when, when God spoke that to me, it really started to get my mind going because ultimately it's like you know if we're not continuing moving forward with the spirit of the living God then it's in we're in danger to become a monument stuck in a position not going anywhere and you see for me God wants his church to continually be moving forward with a momentum directed by his holy spirit and he doesn't want us as the church in Taunton, the church in this nation, to become something that is a monument of what has happened in the past. Now, you can take that in your own personal life because in my journey, I know that there was times where I become, became monumental because I was thinking, this is it, I've arrived. And I didn't continue to move forward with the things of the Spirit. And you see, God wants us as his people to be continually moving forward, continually advancing as the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us so that we continue to be a movement, not a monument. And you see, the church in this nation, I believe we're coming to a verge where the church in many, many different um, areas in London, especially we um, have many conversations with people from other streams. Um, some uh, Methodists, United Reformed Church, and other streams, um, Anglican churches. And we're all in the same position, even the charismatic church. You know, one of the things that um, I love is to study revival history and church history. And the Pentecostal church in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s they thought that they had it and they became a monument at that moment in time because they felt, oh, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We speak in tongues. We have a bit of prophecy on a Sunday. But they know, and if you speak to anybody back in the 60s, 70s, 
from the Pentecostal church, they, say, they would say, we, would, we became a monument. We thought we had it as church. And so when the charismatic move started to move at the end of the 70s, 80s, then they were sort of saying, we don't need anything else. We're happy where we are. And you see, the church, even the charismatic church, even today, we need to be careful that we're constantly moving in the way that God asks us to. Otherwise, we will be in danger of looking from the outside into something God is doing with his church. How many of you know that this is a challenging time in our nation, in the world? There are so many things going on, isn't there? From the Ukraine war, um, you know, people in Russia. We need to be praying for the people in Russia. Because for most of them, that's not, it's not their fault they've gone to war. We need to pray for the people in Ukraine and the surrounding areas in Poland, Moldova, and all of these areas around it. But there's also things that are going on in our nation that are seeking to undermine the values of what we really truly believe that is the word of God. I just want to, I hope this works. What is this? And what do you use it for? It will stop. <laughs> but this is what you know, what builders call a plumb line, and it's been around for a long, long time, even longer than I've been born. There you go. And builders still use it today to get a straight line. I hope you can see it online. But you see, what we need to constantly see through his word is that his word is the plumb line in our lives. There are many, many people, including church, that are trying to undermine the word of God. And I believe God wants us all today to remember the plumb line that is the word of God. So that as the plumb line in our lives, we are making decisions based on the word of God and not on hearsay. Not on some prophetic words that have been spoken publicly over our lives. If it does not line up with the word of God. The plumb line of the word of God. Can we just turn to Hebrews chapter 4 please? Hebrews chapter 4. And it's a, a scripture that a lot of people read. Some people know this by heart. But Hebrews chapter 4, and I'm just going to read from verse 12. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. 
It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And I'm just going to read on to the, because I love these verses. Verse, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Great scripture. But we need to ensure that the word of God that we are operating under in your own personal life, the church uh, in Taunton and the church over the whole of our nation, we need to ensure that the words that we are using will become like a sharp double-edged sword, that we're speaking words of life and not words of death. One of the things that, you know, we all know is Psalms 23, don't we? And we know that in Psalm 23, it talks about presenting a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And if you can imagine just a table laid with all sorts of good stuff, all the good things that you get preached here week in, week out. That you are made holy because he is holy. You are made righteous because you have his righteousness in you. All the great things about his mercy, his grace, his love. All the gifts and the fruits of the spirit that are yours. That you can begin to operate and flourish in as God deems that for you. But you see, you've got all of these things and you need to and I need to ensure that at this table, because I have a seat at that table, because God told me I have a seat. But we need to be ensure that there is no enemy coming to sit down with us at that table. What do I mean by that? If you are speaking something contrary to the word of God... It's like allowing the enemy to come and sit at the table with you. If you say, I can't, or I'm unable to do that, when God says you are able, it's like having the enemy coming and sitting, whispering to you at the table that has been laid out for you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, in Jeremiah chapter 24, it talks about false prophecy, and it goes into a, a whole big thing about um, false prophets, people not speaking the word of God, and therefore going off on a different tangent to the way that God wants us to walk and continue to walk. In this day, we have so many voices coming at us from so many different directions. From media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, BBC, ITV, Sky, GB News, whatever you listen to. 
There are so many voices that are coming to try and distract you and me from listening to what the Lord is saying and therefore operating in what he says and not what other people are saying. We, um, Helena and I go around um, and sometimes we hear people who um, are into all sorts of different, um, how can I put it nice and politely, and conspiracy theories. Now, sometimes some conspiracies have an element of truth within them, but then they go completely into another sphere. And we need to be careful as the church of Jesus Christ that we're operating from the word of God and not what we're hearing from elsewhere. Because ultimately, if we're going to allow that plumb line to be the guide in our lives, individually as also corporately, we need to be listening to his voice, not other people's voices. Can I learn from others? Absolutely. But it's also important that you yourselves are coming into the word of God so that you don't get deceived. Because we are coming to a stage in the church history where there is going to be so many different voices and continuing different voices. There's laws that are trying to get passed in our nation that will ban my pastors, leaders, from talking about certain issues on a one-to-one -one basis with other people. I'm talking about sexuality and those sort of subjects that as leaders, we uh, could go to court, we could face conviction um, if these laws get passed in this nation. There's laws um, and courts going on in Finland at this moment in time where they're trying to ban certain scriptures from being read out publicly. These things are happening and it's important that you, uh, all of us in the church, understand that there is an enemy out there that wants to come and sit at the table with us to distract us from the purpose that God has for you and for me. And that's to make Jesus known in the areas of influence that he has given to you. You see, God doesn't want any passengers. He wants us to be a movement going forward, but that includes you. We can't just sort of say it's Judith and Andrea and the leadership and possibly one or two others, or they can move forward and we'll just follow. Yes, it's good to follow, but it's also important that you are moving with the, God's asking you at this moment in time so that your life is the plumb line and you're basing your life on what God is saying and not what other voices are saying around you. And that includes that inner voice where you say, I can't do that. I can't work with children. I can't sing. I can't witness to my neighbor. Don't listen to those lies. You need to be, we need to be people who are constantly saying, okay, God, what do you want? Because I want to say yes to you. Because I want my life to be based on the plumb line of your word. 
And I want to be a movement. I don't want to become a settler, a monument. All of these are important things. Um, as I was pre um, preparing for this, I, I believe that there's a couple of people here. And I, I believe that it's like you've been writing things in pencil. I think there's somebody who God has told you to write a book. Um, and you've been writing things in pencil. And I believe that God's sort of saying it's now time to put it into pen. That it's time to not just procrastinate around writing something. It's time to put it into pen rather than just pencil, which you can rub out. I think some of the worship team, I think it includes you writing songs. That there's things that God's put on your heart and it's like you've put things in pencil. And God's sort of saying it's now time to put things into pen. It's important that you start to put down what God is giving you and it's don't put it into pencil where you can rub things out. I think it's something to do with children as well as a couple of people have some ch a children's story in their heart. I don't know if it's in here or downstairs. But it's like it's a children's book. And I just really believe it's now time to actually uh, get a team around you where you can write the material, but also artistically there is a plan around that where the illustration, because obviously a children's book, you need illustration. Like I like pictures. <laughs> Um, so, you know, children definitely like pictures in their books. They love illustrations. And sometimes you need two or three people to, to begin to work towards a children's book in particular. But, you know, again, for me, this is about obedience. This is about things in our lives that maybe we've heard something from the Lord and we put in our journal on pencil. And we're sort of humming and hawing, should I or shouldn't I do this thing? And I really believe God's sort of saying, no, it's time to get moving because I don't want you to settle for something less than what I have for you. And as I say, this is a particular thing in the writing, but I believe that can be for other things too. Where you know that God has spoken to you about certain things um, certain conversations that you need to have with neighbors or family members and you've been putting that off again and again and again it's like you know what you need to say you put it in pencil but God's sort of saying no now it's time to make something certain because when you put it into ink there's a permanency about that and I really believe God's sort of saying it's time to begin to get permanent about some of the things that God is saying to you. I think it's important because ultimately if we're going to be people and we're going to be the church of Jesus Christ, listening to the plumb line, listening to his word, acting upon his word, living by faith, not by what we see but what we hear, then we're going to have to be people who say, yes, Lord. If that's you, I want to be obedient to what you ask of me. So, Lord, I'm putting this into pen. If that's you, 
just want you to quickly close your eyes. I'm not finished. But I just really feel that sometimes it's important that we respond to the Lord straight away. And if anything in the last few minutes has been relevant for you, just sort of say, Lord, I want to put that right. I know that you've been on my case about doing this, X, Y, and Z. Lord, I don't want it to be in pencil, something that I'm going to do. But Lord, I want to respond to what you want me to do now. Lord, I want to be obedient to you. I want to be obedient to your word. And Lord, I want to say yes to whatever you ask of me. Thank you, Father. One of the things that we have to be really careful of, all of us, is what we say, our language. Because our language can be one of faith, or it can be one of unbelief. And we need to be people in I believe, especially in the day that we're living, the privilege that we have, and it is a privilege that we have to live in 2022. Do you realize what a privilege it is to be part of God's plan and purpose for our nation at this time? I believe it's a great opportunity. So many people sort of see the dark clouds gathering over our nation. But I see it as a great opportunity because who are the people that are meant to be the ones who have hope? Anybody can guess? It's you and me. The people who believe and have a faith in Jesus Christ, we are the people with hope. And out there at this time, there is um, the nation... Um, if you read and hear or listen to anything that's going on, there is so much hopelessness in our world. And yet we have this great opportunity to be the people of God in 2022 and beyond. But that means that our language has to align with his language. What he says, we need to align with those things. We know that he is still a miracle worker, don't we? And therefore, we need to be talking about the miracle working God, even sometimes where we're not seeing something right in front of us, that does not make God something less than what he is. Just because our experience says something different, God is still the same. And of course, I want everybody that we pray for to be healed. That's what my longing is. And that's my God can do those things. Now, you know, when something doesn't happen as I have planned it, listen to that, I have planned it, 
That doesn't mean God is not still the miracle worker. I need to come and say, okay, God, help me, teach me to walk in this situation so that I can see what you can see in this. So that, you know, my eyes are seeing how he's seeing this particular situation. As a church in London, we have, we had about three or three, four people going through cancer treatment all at the same time, all came together straight away. And it was like, God, what's going on? But you see, my language needed to change because he's still the miracle worker. He's still the healer of whether it's stage three cancer, stage four cancer or whatever. He still is the healer. And therefore, my language has to come into alignment with his thinking about every situation, every circumstance that we're facing. The, the, the situation with our fuel bills. That is huge for so many families. And, you know, it's, it's listening to what God is saying in this because that's a reality for so many people. Do I pay for my fuel or do I pay for food? That's a reality in many, many homes. I'm sure around Taunton as well. There are people having those sort of questions that are going on. And it's, you know, Christians, we're not exempt from those things. But we have a God who wants to provide for us in different ways. And that may come through a salary or it may come through a different means that God wants to show you it, he is your provider. But our language needs to be saying, okay, my, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. We've got to either believe that. If we don't believe that, then we've got to get to a place where we're asking God, Lord, bring me to that place where I begin to believe these truths once again so that the plumb line is your word and not the reality that I'm currently facing. That's, that's real in my life, but there is a truth here, the plumb line, that is saying something contrary to sometimes what we're experiencing. And it's important that we're aligning ourselves up with his word in all of these things. If there is a health challenge, we can go so, so easily, oh, you know, take that sickness upon ourselves. And yet, what it says in the Bible, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. And so therefore, what is the plumb line? Lord, by the stripes, your stripes, I'm healed. And therefore, I'm going to align myself up with the truth. And who knows, sometimes that can happen in one second, but it can actually happen over a period of 20 years or 25 years. Look at Abraham and Sarah. There was a promise God gave Abraham, and it was 25 years later when that promise was fulfilled. So again, it's aligning ourselves with the truth of who God is and continue to speak the very words of Christ over our own lives and over the situations that we face so that the truth is the plumb line, not something that we're experiencing at that 
given moment in time. Because if we're going to live from experience, I'm sorry, but it's not going to work out the way that we have planned and the way we desire. We have Jesus Christ in us. If you have said yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have Christ in you. And he is your hope. He's your hope. And I think sometimes we forget and, you know, that the very person of Christ lives in you. Think about that moment. Christ lives in you. And if Christ lives in you, the Christ in you does not want to leave any one of us in a place of despair, loneliness, or any of those nurses that are out there. God wants us to be part of something bigger than ourselves. God wants us to be part of his family. And within his family, just like in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, there was no need among them because the church was operating according to the plumb line of the word. And therefore, there was a love between them and a recognition between the family of God I have so I can give. So, for me, the church needs to represent Jesus Christ here on earth, but it starts with us in here, in this room. And those maybe online who have not returned here yet want to encourage you to come back into the room. Because for me, God does something when we're together. There's a corporate anointing that takes place that I don't believe you can get sitting on a settee having a drink of coffee at home. I'm sorry if that's you at home, but I do genuinely believe God wants us to be together. And I know that God has given us media and, and technology to bless others, but I think there is something about us coming together, and I've said this in London as well, and Helen has. Um, so I'm not saying something to, to you guys, that I'm not saying to the people who are watching uh, the church in London. But it's important that in the day that we are living, the church is going to come under greater attack, and that's not something to despair. For me, I, I'm, ex I'm looking forward to all that God's planned and purpose. Do you realize that the church in the Ira Iran is the fastest growing church in the world? And there is such oppression that is taking place. Yet the church is growing. In China, it is still thriving. And yet in China, they're saying, you know, they're communist. And so therefore, there's no God. Yet the church is thriving under that great pressure. So for me, it's not about something that we fear in our nation. But one thing that I do want to encourage you, and Helena said this a couple of weeks ago in the church in London, that the small group, the, the contact that you have with one another, we believe is going to be more and more crucial in the days and the years ahead. 
were the communities that you are part of, the Christian communities, those things that are going to be the gel that is going to enable all of us as Christians, as believers, to journey together. In Iran, that the churches thrived over COVID because they are basing it around homes. In northern India, they're basing it around villages. And in those villages, uh, even though there's persecution, there are thousands coming to the Lord, but they are basing around not a big congregation, but small congregations. But then often they come together for something corporate. So for me, it's not isolating yourself. And I believe that's important for one or two people here, that you are comfortable in just keeping to your own company. But God's saying, no, I've put you into a family. And as a family, I want you to work together in order to fulfill my plan and my purpose. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about the body, all the body parts working together in order to fulfill his call upon our lives because the leadership don't have all the body parts. I wish, you know, we don't. We need you. We need you to be your part of this body, this family. And I want to encourage you because of what is about to happen in our nations over, over the next months and years, we're going to need one another more than ever so that we're kept on track, they're kept with the plumb line of the word of God. So that when one of us is a little bit depressed or, or going through a, a little challenging time, we have other people around us who are saying, what does the word say? What does he say about this situation? If he's walking with you and living in you, how does he want you to respond in this place? And you see, when we start to have that thinking and when other people around us begin to have that thinking, we begin to move forward with his Holy Spirit leading and guiding us in the truth, in the light, as Andrea, Pastor Andrea was saying before. We walk in the light. We walk in the truth. And it's so, so important that we do those sort of things. I believe God wants to do many things amongst his children, his church. Here in Taunton, in this area. God's not given up on his church. Just because some churches are going away and same-sex marriage and all of those sort of things. God's, God's got a group of people who he calls his own. He looks over you and he says, you're mine. You're mine. I've got a plan for your life. I've not planned your life to fail. I've planned your life to succeed. I've planned your life for me to be your guide. I have planned your life to be walking in the light and not in darkness. But to do that, you need to be close to me. So my children, I don't want you to be departing and going 
away from the truth. I want you to hold on to the truth, that plumb line. In order to fulfill your destiny, individually but also corporately. Because no one can do this on their own. And it's a lie from the enemy that says you can. It truly is. So I want to encourage you, if you're not part of a small group in your church, become part of one. These things are so important so that you understand the dynamics of what is, about, is happening now, but it's also about what is going to happen in the future. Because there's an enemy out there that is wanting to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to rob from you. And we need to ensure that he does not get a place at the table, our table, speaking lies over our lives, saying, you can't, you can't do that. Look at you. You failed again. Those are lies from the pit of hell. And we need to ensure that when we do, because he does this to every one of us, when we hear those lies, we sort of say, okay, no, the truth says, the truth says, the plumb line of the word says, I'm lining my speech with the word of God. I'm not lining my speech with the negative. I'm not going to use my mouth as a weapon that he can utilize over my own life, but also the lives of others around me. There's many times where I had to say sorry to Helena because I've used this to, to say things that I shouldn't in our situation. I'm, I'm being honest about that. The enemy uses sometimes the people closest to us. Husbands and wives, you may know that. Well, you wouldn't say things normally, but to husbands and wives and to people close to you, you say things that ultimately you say, mm, I shouldn't have done that. And we've got to be careful we don't become a mouthpiece of Satan. Remember Peter? Peter one minute was saying, you are the Christ. And the next minute Jesus was saying to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Because you've become a mouthpiece from him. Why? Because he was saying something contrary to truth. I want us to be a people who are living by the plumb line of his word. I want that for my own life. If you could stand, please. Thank you, Father. As you know from this church, with whoever preaches, Pastor Judith, Pastor Andrea, there is always important that we respond to what you have heard personally from the Lord. Whether it was through what Andrea says right at the beginning, from the worship, through the word. Just so important that we're responding to what God is saying individually. Just take a moment to, to think, okay, what is it that you've spoken to me about this morning, Lord? We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.